From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, South Korea sees its exports declining for the fourth consecutive month in January, with its trade deficit hitting an all-time high. The government announces additional heating bill support for low-income households. And South Korea, the US and Japan jointly urge North Korea to abandon its nuclear program at a UN conference. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Kwon jang South Korea's exports shrank some 16% on year in January, declining for the fourth consecutive month. According to the Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy on Wednesday, the country's outbound shipments dropped 16.6% from a year earlier, standing at 46.27 billion US dollars last month. Outbound shipments of semiconductors, a leading export item, plunged 44.5% due to falls in chip prices and demand. Imports dropped by 2.6% on-year to $58.95 billion. This has resulted in an all-time monthly high trade deficit of $12.69 billion. The nation has logged a trade deficit of 11 straight months since March last year, the longest streak since January 1995 to May 1997. SK Hynix reported operating losses for the fourth quarter last year, the first in a decade amid a slowdown in the global chip market. The world's second largest memory chip maker announced on Wednesday that it posted an operating loss of 1.7 trillion won between October and December 2022, compared to a profit of 4.21 trillion won a year earlier. The company had previously logged a quarterly loss of 24 billion won in the third quarter of 2012. In a statement, the chipmaker said that while sales continued to grow last year, operating profits fell due to a protracted downturn in the global semiconductor market over the latter half of the year. The government has announced plans to expand discounts on gas bills, offering up to 592,001 for low-income households amid soaring heating prices. The Energy Ministry announced the additional measures on Wednesday following criticism that many people receiving basic livelihood support were ineligible for state energy vouchers and that a helping hand should be extended to households in the second lowest income bracket as well. Out of 2.02 million households that fit in these categories, up to 1.69 million that rely on city gas for heating will benefit from price deductions. Last week, the government pledged to double the amount of state support for the energy voucher system and gas price discounts for vulnerable groups. Amid the spike in heating prices, concerns are rising over an expected increase in electricity costs for households this month. The government announced late last year that electricity fares would increase by 13.1 per kilowatt hour in January 2023, or a 9.5% hike, the highest in 42 years. While there is usually a greater heating demand in January compared to December, many people are thought to have resorted to electric heaters and fan heaters this year amid soaring gas prices. The basic taxi fare for mid-sized sedan cabs in Seoul rose by 1,001 
to 4,801 on Wednesday, the first hike in four years. The initial minimum distance for which the basic fare is applied was also shortened from two kilometers to 1.6 kilometers. Starting December, the city also allowed cab drivers to charge a nighttime surcharge from 10 p.m. instead of midnight, as part of efforts to increase nighttime taxi services. You are now listening to the news from KBS World Radio's news center in Seoul, Korea. South Korea, the United States, and Japan have jointly urged North Korea to abandon its nuclear program and stop its missile provocations at the UN conference on disarmament. Ambassador Yoon Sung-mi, South Korea's chief delegate to the conference, made the call during Tuesday's session, and in a rare move, she said that she was exercising the right to speak on behalf of the governments of South Korea, the US, and Japan. Yoon criticized the North's illicit nuclear and ballistic missile programs as clear and blatant violation of multiple UN Security Council resolutions and a serious threat to peace and security on the Korean Peninsula, as well as the nearby region. While calling for the complete, verifiable, and irreversible dismantlement of the North's nuclear weapons programs, the ambassador reaffirmed that the path for dialogue remains open for the North. However, Chu Yongchul, a North Korean diplomat, flatly rejected the joint call by the three nations, arguing that the North's nuclear force is for the protection of its territory and people, as well as peace and security in the world. He said the regime will never give up its nuclear weapons. President Yoon Suk-yeol met with the U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on Tuesday in Seoul. According to presidential spokesperson Kim Eun-hye, Yoon asked for consultations between Seoul and Washington to produce an effective and strong extended deterrence system that can dispel the South Korean people's concerns about North Korea's evolving nuclear threats. Yoon also emphasized the need for effective joint military exercises to deal with the shifting security environment on the peninsula. Austin reportedly said that the South Korea-U.S. alliance is an important axis of Northeast Asia security and is stronger than ever. He also pledged efforts to bolster the extended deterrence against the North's nuclear and missile threats. Voice of America says signs suggesting that North Korea is preparing to hold a military parade have been detected at an airport in Pyongyang. The report estimated on Wednesday that some 30 objects, likely to be vehicles or aircraft, were seen at the Pyongyang Sunan International Airport on satellite images taken by Planet Labs on Monday. On January 3rd, VOA also reported that more than 10,000 North Korean soldiers were seen gathered at the Midim Airfield in Pyongyang based on satellite images. NK News, a news website that provides stories and analysis about the North, had earlier raised the possibility that Pyongyang is preparing to hold a military parade to mark the 75th anniversary of the foundation of the Korean People's Army on February 8th. The Education Ministry plans to hand over to local governments access to a budget of more than 2 trillion won for providing financial support to universities from 2025. That's around half of the ministry's budget earmarked for projects supporting universities this year. The ministry said on Wednesday that officials briefed President Yoon Sung-yeol on the so-called Regional Innovation System and Education Project during the first meeting of a National Council on Nurturing Talents at the Kumo National Institute of Technology in Kumi, North Gyeongsang Province. Currently, the Education Ministry selects universities when pursuing certain projects and provides them with financial assistance. 
However, starting from 2025, 17 local governments will choose the schools they deem need nurturing and offer support as part of efforts to find more effective ways to create schools with more competitive power. The government's latest plan also comes amid concerns that the current support system may not be effective in addressing challenges faced by rural areas and helping regional universities suffering from a decline in the school-age population. The benchmark Career Composite Stock Price Index, or COSPI, rose 24.72 points, or 1.02% on Wednesday, to close the day at 2,449.80. The tech-heavy COSDAQ also gained by 10.47 points, or 1.41%, to end the day at 750.96. On the foreign exchange, the local currency strengthened 0.61 against the US dollar, closing the day at 1,231.31. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Centre in Seoul. I'm Kwon Jang-won.